Hello, this is Bayo Fadjuba. We're so excited that you are joining us today. If you're a part of our DCH family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you. Please find us on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, or you can even join us on our website at www.dch.church. We can also get you plugged in via the Church Center app where you can find our connect groups, upcoming events, as well as given options if you would like to help us spread the gospel of Jesus everywhere. I hope this word today blesses you, encourages you, and inspires you to greatness. Let's get started. Thank you. If you don't mind, can you just say thank you to this God? It's Thanksgiving service. 
Just appreciate him for where you are. Thank him for the good, the bad, and the ugly seasons of your life. Only the wise would learn to sit, count our blessings, name them one by one, and give all the praise to this God. Father, we just, we've gathered here this morning to just appreciate you, Father. To thank you, Father. Lord, if we had a thousand tongues, it would not be enough. Lord, we lay our trophies before you. We join the 24 elders before your throne of grace. We join the innumerable number of angels father to worship you for there is none like you there is none that can save like you none that can deliver like you thank you thank you thank you Let's just worship this God. Let's thank him. <laughs> you are still alive because he has not given up on you. Father, we are grateful. for the month, church, let's have our seats, is thankful. 
When I say tank, I don't mean tank. T-A-N-K hyphen or space full. Your tank, the tank of your heart, the tank of your life to be filled with praise, to overflow with appreciation. My text this morning is from the book of First Thessalonians chapter 5. I'll read just one verse, 18. He says, never stop praying. He says, be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I want you to repeat after me. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this, this thing about being grateful and thankful for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. That's the message. Closed, sealed, signed and delivered. That's a message. Be thankful in all circumstances. It doesn't matter because all of us here and those of us watching and those that would watch, we are different places in our journey in life. The ne person sitting next to you may just not know where to have lunch, how lunch would surface. And the person you are sitting next to is wondering, I have too much money, where do I invest it? We're all at different faces. But God says there is one thing that is the perfect will of God. Wherever you may be, whatever circumstance you may be going through, for as long as you belong to Christ, for as long as you've given your life to Christ and you are a Christian, he said this is God's perfect will that we should be grateful people. And being grateful, gratitude starts from the heart. Doesn't start from here, it starts from here. Gratitude is simply being grateful for the cup half full instead of complaining that it is half empty. That's basically what it is. Because wherever you are, for the rich, they want to be richer. For the young, they want to grow old. The old wants to grow young. The married wants to experience, well, some people want to experience what being single is. Some are wondering why people want to get married. The singles, the, their only prayer point is how to get married. The one that has given birth is saying, I want a girl. I only have a boy. The one that has not given birth is saying, I want to have a child. Wherever we are, there's always something new we're asking for, we're trusting God for. So, gratitude, the state of gratitude, by my understanding, and I believe by the Spirit of God, is that wherever you may be, God wants you to see the cup 
how full and be grateful. Don't complain about the sickness in your body. Thank God that you are still alive to feel pain. In John chapter 21, verse 3 to 6, New King James Version, the Bible says Simon Peter said to the disciples, he said, I'm going fishing. So the disciples said to him, we are going with you also. This was after Christ had resurrected. So they went out and immediately they got into a boat and that night they caught not, nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Verse 5. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? And they answered him, No. Then he said to them, Cast the net on the, si on the right side of the boat, and you would find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because the multitude of because of the multitude of fish. In verse 12, the Bible of that same John 21, the Bible now tells us, Jesus said to them, he said, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. In verse 15, the Bible said, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Now, this story happened after Jesus' resurrection. It happened after these same 11 disciples had betrayed Jesus. They all ran away when he was arrested. Peter denied him. He didn't just betray him, he denied him. Judah sold him for 30 pieces of silver. Not once did we hear any reference to those things. In fact, he didn't, he didn't ask, where is that, that man that I poured myself into called Judas for three and a half years? He focused on the remaining and didn't flinch and think or talk about the one that was missing. How so unlike us? If God has blessed you with a car, we don't even show gratitude for the car. We're asking God, please give me a garage to park the car. He gives you the garage. You don't even thank him for the garage. You are saying, God, I need a two-car garage. This one space, one car is one car garage is too small. He gave you from where you were sharing room with a roommate. He gave you an apartment. We're just not, we just take it for granted. And we move on to asking, God, please give me a house. And I found out in life, church, that if it were some of us, you had a ministry, you had 12 ministers. They all betrayed you and one sold you out. One denied you. 
Do you know how that first meeting will look like? Do you understand, church? Jesus never mentioned Judas. He saw the cup half full. Oh, they still need to grow, yes. But he was still grateful that he still had 11. Jesus didn't focus on their errors. This blew my mind. These were people that ran away when he needed them most. They were his last defense. He didn't even mention that where were you all? You all ran away. Do you know what he did? He said, have you caught any fish? He even guided them. He said, throw the net to the right side. He gave them the clue. These were people that needed to be spanked. How much have we carried unnecessary burden? He didn't just tell them where to flourish and prosper. Mind you, it was a business he had told them. I have weaned you from fishing for fish. I have stopped. He said, I called you. You shall no longer look for fish. I will make you what? Fishers of men. That was the calling he placed on them. Yet he met them fishing. They had abandoned everything he had taught them. Do you know he never referred to it? He even told them, he said, cast, this is where you'll catch more fish. And the Bible said they caught so much that they couldn't pull it in. They needed help. By the time they got to the seashore, he, the Bible says he already had breakfast waiting for them. He gave them the idea. He told them where to catch fish. And he cooked breakfast for them. That's someone that saw the cup half full instead of half empty. He totally ignored all their limitations. How many of us we've driven away the people that God sent to us that would should be our destiny helpers? If it were me, you betrayed me at that moment when I needed your covering. Haven't we read, haven't we studied in scriptures that you can't fulfill destiny without people? Yet, when he needed people the most, he was completely naked. He wasn't just physically stripped naked, he was emotionally stripped naked without anyone of the 12 disciples. Yet, this Jesus. He saw the potential in them. He was still grateful that at least I can still call them and they would respond. Do you know it is still those same people that took the gospel to the ends of the earth? The same broken people. How many broken people has God sent to you and I? And because we were looking for perfection, we were looking to rely on them and they failed us. When we needed them the most, 
the human nature in them kicked in and we kicked them out. If Jesus had kicked all of them out, I wonder the 12 he would have gathered. Because the Bible now told us in that same scripture that he restored Peter and he said, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than this? Feed my sheep. He handed over the ministry to him. The same Peter that said, I don't know him. Jesus knew it. He saw him. Yet he handed over the ministry to the same Peter. And we all know the rest is history. Peter took the ministry to great lengths. Gratitude is simply being grateful for the cup half full instead of complaining that it is half empty. What are you complaining about? Who are you complaining about? Your family? Your children? Your parents? Your siblings? Why don't you spend the moments this day, this hour, be grateful to God that you have them. Be grateful to God that you have a job. It may not pay enough, but it is still a job. Be grateful that you still have a school to attend. You still have one friend, even though you, your preference would be to have 10 friends in school. But at least you have one friend. See the cup not half empty and be grumbling and be complaining. And you lose the opportunity to enjoy the pleasure and the blessings of the half full cup. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18, the Bible says to be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I would say a few things and we'll close the service from this scripture. The Bible tells us and I stand to affirm that if we can be addicted to negative things and negative impulses, then we can also be addicted to positive thoughts and positive impulses. So can I challenge you this morning, let's all be addicted to being grateful people. Grateful for small things and grateful for big things. Gratitude gives value to people. When you show gratitude to people, you are giving them value. You are adding value to them. What we appreciate in life, it appreciates. It brings joy to the receiver of gratitude. And it opens their heart to give way much more than what they, are give, what they had given before. Remember, whatever you appreciate in life, appreciates. Gratitude has a positive effect. Both on you, the person that is showing the gratitude, and it projects a positive effect, has a positive impact on the fellow and the person you are being grateful to. The more gratitude we feel and we give, the more peaceful and joy that fills us and fills our heart. It generates a sense of hope when you are just grateful to God. I am glad to be alive this morning. 
Instead of waking up on the bed and grumbling, God, another day without a husband, another day without a wife, and your whole day is ruined. But you get up, you are grateful. You said, God, I am grateful that I am still alive. I have another day. It fills your life with hope and expectation. And every one of us, church, we must learn to appreciate what you have because none of us came empty. We must learn to start with being grateful to God for you. Appreciate what you have and what you are. If you are tall, appreciate that you are tall. If you are short, appreciate that you are short. If you are round, appreciate that you are round. If you are slim, appreciate whatever it is. We've got to get to that place where we are grateful for who we are and what we are. Oh, we may not be perfect. Remember, it's a sense of seeing the cup half full. Doctors may say that that your tummy, you know, needs you know to go down a little bit. Remember, a few years ago, I went for my annual physical, and the guy used the tape you know, round my waist. Like he was going to measure me for a shirt. And he was saying, it should be here. This thing is, you know, it's like it's going round and round to be continued. You know, that you need to be going to the gym. And he gave me specific specifications of what to do. Ladies and gentlemen, when you learn to appreciate who you are and what you have, there is a spirit of God in man that begins, the Bible calls it in the book of Genesis, the spirit of dominion. When you begin to appreciate the gifts that you are to the world, to your generation, the gifts that you carry, it may be simple, it may be big, it may be, it may be at the back end, but it may be visible. Whatever it is, we all have a gift that is worth celebrating. The spirit of dominion would kick in. And it would give you an opportunity, direction on how to monetize that gift so that you begin to exercise dominion in that uniqueness that, it, that represents you. That's why the enemy will never, will never want us to focus and be grateful to God for the gift that is in us and the gift that we are to the people around us. Makes you believe it is pride. No, we're not talking pride. The Bible speaking about dominion in the book of Genesis gives us the ability to exercise dominion over the whole earth. Until we learn to monetize, appreciate that gift and monetize it. Every other thing trying to copy what other people's gifts are is just a waste of exercise and a waste of time. Because you can never be the best at being a copy. Each of us, we are original. There's something unique about you and that thing is worth celebrating. That thing is what other people, they are looking for. And the more we practice gratitude, church, the easier it becomes. How close. 
A Harvard publication says, in positive psychology research, gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. Gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions. It helps them relish good experiences. It improves their health. It helps them deal with adversity. And it builds strong relationships. Shall we stand, church? Are you grateful? Are you a grateful person? I pray to God this morning that by the help of the Spirit of God, each of us we would begin to see ourselves and life, our situation and circumstances as a cup that is half full. As we aspire for greatness, aspire to be better, it's never that my cup is empty. It's never that my cup is half empty. It's that my cup is half full. There's room for improvement, but I'm grateful that I still have something in my cup. Help me tell someone you've got something in your cup. So I want you, every one of us, to close our eyes and think. Ask God by the spirit of inspiration, to give you a spirit of inspiration to thank God for what you've got in your cup. I prayed and I'm still praying and I'm trusting God. Everyone upstairs, downstairs, those watching. I want you to think about three people that you are grateful to God for in your life. Remember, half full. They might have hurt you. Who says Jesus was not deeply hurt when Peter denied him? One after another. Who told you that Jesus was not experiencing pain? That one of his 12 sold him out for 30 shillings. Who told you that he didn't feel loneliness? When those people abandon him, maybe you've been rejected and abandoned. You've gone through life all alone. It's been rough and tough. But you are still standing. See the cup half full. I want you to thank God. Jesus still went to Peter. And he handed over the church, the ministry to Peter. I want you to thank God for your Peter. Please, church, as simple as this is, I want you to thank God. For the experiences. The good, the bad, and the ugly experiences. 
And I want us to ask God today, Father, because God grumbling, complaining, the attitude of seeing the cup half empty produces a negative, toxic spirit, saturates our environment with darkness and negative thoughts, hatred and bitterness. But when you see the cup half full, even if they meant it for evil, still say, God, I am grateful. Joseph said to his brothers, when he hugged them, he said, you meant it for evil, but God in heaven knew it was going to turn to my good. The ugly moments of your past will turn to your good. The challenging, painful experiences of your past and your present, it will cause them all together to lead to praise, to lead to a shout of celebration. God is not through with us yet. Let's go ahead and thank this God, please. Lord, we receive a heart of gratitude. Father, we are grateful to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Thank you so much for being a part of our message today. If you enjoyed the message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media. You can also jump on our website, www.dch.church, and click the given link to help us spread the word and the good news all over the world. Stay connected and God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you.